0: Control, looking, deep pattern, downfield, touchdown Miami! What a throw,
1: Devontae Parker! Holy smokes, what a drive! What is up, Dolph fans, and welcome to the Drive Time Podcast, part of the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network, covering your team, your Miami Dolphins. How's it going everybody? I am your host Travis Wingfield and as always I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football and on today's show we're into double digits and with the 10th practice comes some exciting news. We'll cover the contract restructure of Xavier Howard, hear from coach and X himself as well as some other players. You got to hear what John Jenkins said today. We'll cover the top performers, the matchup of the day and as always, go unit by unit and break down yet another practice from the Baptist Health Studios inside the Baptist Health Training Complex. This is the Drive Time Podcast. That's another
0: Miami Dolphins.
1: Cool moment upon arrival this morning to BHTC. The video team is gathering for their daily duties as they do every day. And I come in to the podcast studio, which is adjacent to the video room. And there's a quiet buzz before somebody says, that's a great way to start the day. And they broke the news to me that Xavier Howard and the Miami Dolphins agreed to a restructured contract. So that certainly gave me a pep to my step heading out to practice and sure enough, a few moments later, it was confirmed by Brian Flores. Let's start the podcast by going to Coach, talking about the restructure of Xavier Howard's contract.
0: Well, we're excited. You know, we, uh, we look. I've, I've been up here multiple times saying we've been making progress. Uh, we well, had yeah, Barry, Barry, was asking me question after question about progress. We were making progress. I know mean, you guys hmm. probably felt like uh, um, we were. Where I wasn't, you know, giving you all the information, which I wasn't, but we were working on it, and I'm not going to give you guys the details, but you know, we're excited to um, have gotten this done, um, and we are, uh, you know, just looking forward to to, to continually improving with X um, and really his teammates on a day-to-day basis, and uh, you know, just try to uh, just build and get better offensively, defensively, in the kick game.
1: And X did play a fair amount in practice today, returning from the ankle injury. I had a couple notes on him. First, a pair of coverage reps. The first one was a rep down around the goal line, something like the 5-ish to 8-ish yard line in that range. It was on the opposite side of the field, so I couldn't quite see. But going into the end zone, and the receiver runs across the end line back under the goal posts. And the offense was having a lot of success with this throughout the course of practice. And X takes a rep on Matt Collins and pins him to the end line. And the throw goes by without really even the possibility or ability for Hollins to make a play on the football because of very rock-solid coverage. Good to see that out there again from number 25. Then... On a slant in the same area of the field, the ball gets into Isaiah Ford, into the belly, or the breadbasket rather, but X reaches in and strips that thing out for the incompletion. And we note his ball skills all the time, obviously 10 picks and a forced fumble last year. He's all about the football. I saw him try to punch one out on Mac Collins on the very first rep of the team period. And he connected on the football, but Mac hung on to it. Then again, on another play, he connects on the ball with Miles Gaskin, but he's not going to cough that thing up. Just great to see X out there getting some work. And after practice, he met with the media. Now, X is a man of few words, as he was with us post-practice today. But I want to go ahead and play the audio for you. I asked X a question about how this team, how this defense, and his teammates help maximize his skill set and empower him to be the player we've come to know. Here's X.
0: Um, I think if we speak highly of each other. We we protect each other. You know, we gonna be there for our guys no matter what. So you know, uh, you know they um did their thing. We we all did it together.
1: And coach spoke about the return of X at his morning press, reminding us that. He kept saying things were going in the right direction, as you heard, and we've reached the conclusion. All right, let's go ahead and get to the housekeeping today. It was great to see Andrew Van Ginkle back on the football field, dressed in full pads and working. Devontae Parker was out there again today, but this time in the non-contact red jersey. No Will Fuller, no Jalen Phillips, and no Albert Wilson. Wilson's absence was for undisclosed reasons. And before we turn to the practice notes here, I want to go back to the audio here of John Jenkins, Miami's defensive tackle, and his media after practice day because he was a treat to talk to. He was asked in his post-practice media about why he chose to come back to Miami after a stint with the Bears in 2019, or 2020, rather, after his stint with Miami in 2019. Here's John Jenkins.
0: Um, Coach Slow was hungry. And when I got the call from him after I got released from the Giants, Uh, I heard it in his voice, you know, and I've been with some great defense throughout my years, you know, and to hear a a tone of voice like Coach Flo during that time, you know, and even now, it makes me want to just, you know, do everything and anything possible to, to complete my job and do my job to the best of my ability.
1: I mean, how good is that? So I had to follow up with John. To ask him, since you know you were here for Flo's first year, not year two, but now you're back for year three, and with Coach always talking about the growth of players and the development, let's go ahead and turn tables here, turn the tables, and ask him how has Coach grown in his third year from what you saw in your number one?
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, he believed in us, you know. He uh, he allowed us he allowed us to be players. He allowed uh, the leaders to step up, and, and he allowed the uh, the groups to form an identity. So, I know when you got a head coach that allows players to be players, then, hey, that shows a lot with a head coach.
1: So, again, fun practice on Sunday. Really good weekend of work in general, really. And I took down two notes from the Indies slash Fundy period, individual fundamental periods. First, Tua threw a corner route to Jalen Waddell. And it's on air, so, I mean, take it for what you want. But, man, he just explodes off the top of the stem, your stem is going to be the part of the route where you're going vertical towards the end line, and then you make your move in, out, up, or back, whatever it might be. And the way he accelerates to the corner, I just, it looks like a very tough cover, and you can see the chemistry there with Tua developing and building on these types of throws as he really seems to have the calibration down to gauge for the speed and where the target is going to be with regards to where the football has to be and where it has to descend for Waddle to run under it after he's created maximum separation, not turning back for the football or too far out in front. That calibration looks pretty good to me early on. And to continue this point on Waddle, just another really good day of making tough catches. You know, the slant in the end zone where the quarterback will throw it low, so, it's either a catch or an incompletion. He got his arms under one of those today. He caught one on a little hookup or a curl route between a couple of defenders and hangs on to that thing for dear life. He caught another one of those quick rips up the seam that we've kind of seen become a trend in practice between he and Tua. He caught one working the perimeter, catching it out in front and off of his frame, using the hands to make that catch. And later in the team period, the pressure arrived quickly and Tua got it out quickly. And Waddle had to win quickly, and he did. For the completion, he's been a treat to watch through the first 10 days of practice, and I cannot wait to watch him go up against someone else in a different jersey, whether it's practice against the Bears next week or the games coming up here in the preseason. Coach was also asked about the gait, the limp of Jalen Waddle, and he said he would attribute that to camp soreness as guys are kind of dealing with getting through these first 10 days of practice and just generally the soreness and fatigue that happens this time of year at training camp. My other note in this pre-practice period watching the individual drills was getting a good look at Austin Jackson, but also his live reps later on in practice. You can see the natural movement ability. We maybe talked about Austin Jackson's ability to just athletically move and slide and the, the natural smooth feet, the, the light feet and the overall natural skills that he comes with, the knee bend, for instance, he can, you know, you hear the terms knee bender and waist bender. If you're a waist bender, not good, but if you can be flexible with the knees, it allows you to sink into the contact and absorb it and use the ground as kind of your Friend, do your help there. He plays low to the ground. He's dropping that anchor, which, again, is part of the knee bend and pass protection with the ability to not get his feet stuck in the ground so he can anchor and readjust and reposition. He's also getting under his man frequently in the run game and creating push that way. I mean, for my eyes, he's shown very, very good signs of incremental growth throughout camp so far through 10 days. And that takes us back into the notes, starting with the quarterbacks again, like we do every day. We covered some of the work with Waddle, both in Indies and the team periods. The Dolphins' offense was having a great day in those three on three drills down around the goal line and into seven on seven also later in practice. I have no idea how many total touchdowns there were today, but there were a lot of them. And again, lots of red zone and goal line work, so that's to be expected. But the fans also got treated to a ton of reps from Tua and the quote unquote ones today at practice. So Tua. Opened up that period, the three-on-three period, with three of four scores on the four reps. The incomplete was damn good coverage and the flat from the ever-quick and ever-speed Jerome Baker, who raced out there to the flat to disrupt a passing window on a pass to the back. And one of two of his throws was a nice lob to the corner, and another one was a quick fastball in between a pair of defenders to boat. And He had a nice throw to the corner later on a pass to Kirk Merritt, who went up and pulled that down. So you see a nice rhythm on, two, on a couple of those throws, but also... The ability for him to mix up the arsenal of pitches that he has, the lob, the quick pass, whatever it might be, he can go to different pitches in his bag. And then Jacoby Brissett comes in and completes all three of his reps to Foster, Carter, and I did not get a number on the third. That's my bad. But it wasn't just offense. I mean, there was a no-throw because of coverage at one point from LeBlanc, McCordy, and Ellis on the rep. And speaking of McCordy, he continues to have a really strong camp. He was in the territory of a lot of incomplete passes today he's just smooth in the entire operation for as much as we harp on fundamentals and technique down here he's a great example for the young guys to follow and I'm sure that's the case in the film room just watch the way 30 does things he does it the right way Nick Needham and Eric Rowe speaking of coverage had a great bracket on Jakeem Grant for Jakeem Grant for an incomplete pass from Jacoby Brissett and we'd hear plenty more from Rowe throughout the course of the day. And Jamal Perry got his seemingly daily pass breakup on that flat route to the front pylon. It looked to me like he had a chance to pick it off, but the angle that we showed on social shows you that he had to reach out there with one hand to tip it away for the PBU. And finally, Malcolm Brown caught the last pass of the drill just short of the goal line from Brissette. And Calvin Munson showed you the physicality he offers to drive on that play and keep him out of the end zone. Munson's gotten some reps on defense and special teams in his time here in Miami. He plays physical brand of football. Let's finish up with the quarterbacks, and I really want to talk about running backs today a lot. Tua was sharp all practice long with the variation of throws I mentioned, but one thing I noted in my tweeting at practice was how quickly he gets the ball to the backs and receivers on these short throws. Like For instance, if you throw to the flat, he gets it out quickly. And you might see that route open up as a quarterback and tell yourself, okay, I've got that in my back pocket. Let's take another peek downfield and see what we have down there. Then by the time you come back, you've limited the options of that short pass. You've limited his options because you put him in a box. But when you see a guy getting to a spot with a favorable matchup, and really they're all going to be favorable matchups when you're in space because tackling is hard enough. But doing it in space on all the athletes NFL has to offer these days is just really difficult. But he just flips that thing out there, and I tweeted at O.J. McDuffie to get some confirmation, and he said, "Absolutely. I mean, why not use O.J. McDuffie, a Dolphins legend, when you have him in your back pocket?" There, late throws lead to headaches, he said. And so he gets this route out to Miles Gaskin, for instance. And think of it this way: Miles catches it on the move at the numbers, which you know give you a solid 15 yards or so to the sideline. Now the defender has to account for him to accelerate to the perimeter, he has to worry about him dropping the shoulder and getting vertical, he has to worry about the cutback, and he also has to worry about Miles pressing his toes and going straight at him and then forcing him onto his heels and making a move in any of those three directions. So he has to break down his, you know, come to come to balance and come to control Break it down and then be able to match miles acceleration as well, which is just not easy to do. So give your guys the options. I'll never forget watching hard knocks with the Bengals and Chad Johnson was complaining about the exact same thing. Get me the football early, he kept screaming to his young quarterback, Andy Dalton, on this little route where they would motion him across the formation and have him run parallel to the line. Otherwise, the defender can get out to the perimeter, funnel that thing back in, and then come up and help from the edge, closing in as he sets the edge and helps off the edge, as well as kind of putting that thing back to the teeth of the defense. I hope that all made sense. And a quick aside here real quick, I liked Coach's message in the presser this morning referring to the one thing players can do to help themselves is to know where the help is and know how to use that help. Very important stuff on a football field. I thought Jacoby Brissett was decisive and accurate today, especially in the two-minute period. He had a really nice completion to Seathan Carter on a corner route where he stepped up and got away from some exterior pressure, reset his mechanics, and delivered a strike right in stride in the two-minute period to get himself get that offensive drive going. Tua in the day generally was accurate once again. He threw from different angles, but he had the two INTs in the two-minute period. One was a clear miscommunication as he threw the ball to a spot where I think he was probably expecting Shaheen to set the route down, and he carried it up the seam instead, and it goes right into the lap of Eric Rowe. Tua goes up to Shaheen to talk to him after that, and he gave him a pat on the helmet, which again speaks to the leadership and command that Mack Hollins talked about that we covered on the podcast yesterday. And then the second one, Well, we're going to cover that here in just a minute. I want to finish up with this note on the quarterbacks. I like the way this receiver room has balance of size and speed built like a basketball lineup and how the quarterbacks are really developing a sense of how each player operates at their best, at their peak. Like which routes and which throws are better suited for each guy. I think seeing the evolution of each practice gives you kind of a linear trajectory that is going in the right direction for how that chemistry has developed between a Mac Collins versus a Jalen Waddle with Tua, with Jacoby Brissett, with Reed Sinet, and just the different skill sets those guys have and how they've matched up. Let's go ahead and get to the running backs now. And the play of the day was a run by Savon Ahmed for my money. His first run set the tone for what kind of day he was going to have in my opinion. He runs up the middle and sees it you know, kind of bunch up, kind of clog up. Then he bounces it outside and wins the corner with a foot race. And rather than just taking the thing right out of bounds for five or six yards, he sticks his foot in the ground and runs through contact upfield for an extra few yards to gain about eight or nine on that play. Then a few runs later was the run of the day and maybe the play of the day. He's got the Jets, I wrote on Twitter. Takes a toss, gets to the perimeter, and turns it on. And Javaris Davis came from the other side of the play, the other side of the formation, to possibly stop him at about the 20-yard line. But I think it was probably going to be a 75- or 80-yard touchdown run. I didn't see where it started, 25- or 20-yard line. There was good blocks on the outside by Merritt and Hunter Long, adding explosive plays like that in the run game to what this receiver group has shown you throughout camp. If you can get both those things cranking, man, that's going to be a fun show to watch. But Savon on that particular run, the juice to press outside, which forces kind of the overflow of the linebackers and second-level defenders to come over the top, then he can bang that thing back up inside and use the speed to accelerate and leave everybody in the dust at that point. So I wanted to ask Miles Gaskin after practice, since he's so close to Savon, their best buddies, I asked Savon to evaluate where Savon is from now compared to where he was when he got here right at the end of camp last season.
0: Uh, Just confidence. Um, I think, I mean, me being with him at UW, it's kind of the same jump from his freshman year to sophomore year, and they kind of say the same thing in the league, rookie year to second year, you make that jump, so confident, making a lot lot of good cuts, asking a lot of good questions in the room. Definitely uh, putting in or having a good input on what other guys is doing, or hey, did you see it over here? Or I saw it like this and this that, and the third. So just kind of seeing him grow into a to an NFL running back is always exciting. But I mean, that's I mean, I, I, that's what was going to happen regardless. I got a lot of faith in that dude.
1: And Miles, in his own right, is having a damn good camp as well, and particularly in the passing game. Man, he is making a lot of people miss in space and frequently. And he's got such steady hands, whether it's running the flat or the flare, which is a tough angle to catch the football running away from the quarterback with your kind of back parallel to the line of scrimmage, where you have to turn your hands over and make that play while also being blind to the pursuit behind you. He catches wheel routes down the field, angles over the middle. He can really do it all. And that extra pep in his step, I think that's noticeable, especially when he puts the foot in the ground and takes off. He also talked about leadership today, as you heard him mention the jump from Savon Ahmed from freshman year to sophomore year at UW. We heard Miles talk about this in an earlier podcast at his last press availability, but here he is talking about his leadership and being a conduit from the coaching staff to the players on the football field.
0: Very important. Uh, uh, I've been here for three years. I've been with Flo for all of them. Um, So I've been able to see what, what he wants to see out of his players, how he wants to see this organization ran as a team and uh, being able to relay that message to to the other players as like a player that's been there myself, especially to the young guys. And uh, I mean, I feel like that's my role at this point.
1: And I thought the run game as a whole really had one of their best days. Malcolm Brown had a really nice jump cut to stretch the defense and then get vertical. Jared Doakes looks the part in the short yardage and goal line game. There was a couple of times this camp, it's looked like He's been stacked up right away at the line, and then he surges through the arm tackles for an extra yard or two. He had one touchdown run working behind blocks of Adam Pankey, Durball, Kierrez Neto, and Chris Myrick today. Then that takes us to the offensive line, and Miles talked about how he loves watching the way those guys compete every single day. They bring the juice. They bring the energy, and one of my favorite blocks came from rookie Leon Eichenberg on a poll where he has to square up a block in space, and man, he nailed that thing. And it was Emmanuel Ogba, too, so not a, not an easy task for Eichenberg. And he got some good push and sealed some lane today. Thought he and Austin Jackson were good that way today. Larnell Coleman has been impressive the last few days. He had a really nice rep on Shaq Griffin, where he didn't panic on the speed upfield pass rush move that Shaq likes to throw, and then he redirected Shaquem's spin back to the inside. Good work there from Coleman. He talked in the past about playing basketball and defense and staying in front of your man saw some of those traits today the way he can kind of transition that weight from side to side now the goal line work went to the offense today which is a nice response to the last time they really ran that drill and the defense was stout the offense scored on three of the four plays including One throw from Tua to Smythe, where Tua really sold the play fake, extending the football all the way out there. You get the false steps out of the linebackers. Those details really matter in the run game, in the play-action game. Then they hammered it on the ground twice, one with dokes and one with miles. I thought uh, Cameron Tom had some good work up front as well at center. Also mentioned Adam Panky earlier. I thought he too had himself a good day. So some good work from the offensive line. And as a whole, the O-line really well, worked well in protection today, I thought, to slide, pick up stunts in games, communicate passing off certain rushers. There were a few instances where Tua was legitimately allowed to stand back there for three or four seconds and survey the action, survey the field. And if you give this receiving core that kind of time, big things can happen. At tight end, the bummer of the day was Hunter Long leaving the field on the the cart. He left practice on the cart and did not return, obviously. Hope he's okay. We'll get you an update when we have that. Shaheen and Smythe made some plays in the passing game. Smythe had a number of solid blocks in the run game, too. And then the receivers, we touched on Waddle a little bit. Jakeem Grant made a bunch of plays again today. His moves to create separation sure are fun to watch at the top of the route. Holland's size is something defenses have to deal with both as a blocker and the way he catches passes in tight quarters, especially in the red zone. He made a bunch of plays again today, both on offense and working his butt off on special teams. We'll touch more on the receivers here in just a little bit. Let's go ahead and get over to the defensive side of the football. And Zach Sealer was a wrecking crew today. He was in there against both the pass and the run game. You see that grip strength that allows him to control reps and really attack the gap he needs to as he has to work off either the left or the right side because of that strength and that reach. He can sure do that. He's a smart player that gets himself in position a lot too. And Christian Wilkins was also a beast today. He had a couple of run stops, even a TFL or two in the practice. He's making plays every day where he stays on his block and then disengages at decision time, like it's time to go time. Like right when the back is about to get to the gap, he comes off that block. Because if you come off the block too soon, then the offensive lineman can climb to a linebacker. But Christian does well to stack it up and then make plays off of that. And then Adam Butler had a would-be sack in the team period, so he continues to get pass rush up front for the Dolphins. And then Jerome Johnson caused a nice pile-up in the one stop of the defense they had in the goal line drills. He is the UDFA from Indiana, number 67, to keep an eye on him on Saturday in Chicago. Emmanuel Ogba had a sack today that was blown dead by the refs. He's added some more pressures throughout practice as you go along here. Stacked up the run a couple times today as well. He's consistently setting a strong edge in the running game. Also off the edge, Shaquem Griffin and Tyson Render teamed up for a very nice run stop on a Patrick Laird run today. Really nice move by Render to get off a block of Robert Jones on that play. And then Jonathan Ledbetter had a nice play in the run period also to get off a block and make a play on the ball carrier. Good to see 93 out there making plays uh, throughout camp so far. I love the way Andrew Van Ginkle has a variety of block-defeating moves in his arsenal, kind of like he does with the pass rush as well. And it coincides with the ability to flatten the edge because he can really get under blocks and stay on balance as he gets low to the ground to make the the tackle on the ball carrier or the quarterback. We saw that a couple times today. Sam Egwivan's strong camp continues. He is flying all over the place and doing it in all phases, run, pass, rush game. And Jerome Baker showed you the speed we talked about in the coverage drill, but also on a sack where Tua stepped up and out of pressure, and then Baker was there with a quick trigger to close the space and force Tua laterally to the line of scrimmage, and the refs blew that play dead. If I had to guess, based on past mic'd ups I've seen, he was definitely yelling, sack, 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 the entire time. Bernardrick McKinney made some plays, scraping off stacked up blocks of the guys in front of him too. So that relationship with a D-line and linebackers seems to be clicking well here 10 days into camp. Let's then go to the secondary here where, again, Jason McCourty was just having a hell of a day in the area where the offense was having so much success down around the goal line. So many of the incompletions you look up and you see 30 in coverage. We talked about X and his ball production. Byron Jones punched one out today in the ball security drill. I think he also had one in the team period that was recovered by Javon Holland. He had a really good day in general. Wasn't really targeted a whole lot. He was competitive, often in phase, and just attached to his man and coverage. He even stayed square with Jalen Waddle on a play in open space, and we know how hard that is to do. Good work by Byron Jones. And then Eric Rowe, man, what a problem he was for the offense on Sunday. He had the pick on the first play of two-minute. He tipped another one that... Could have turned into a pick, but Jakeem caught it one-handed. He was flying in on run support, covering one-on-one, playing some zone, and just getting in the right position all day long. Good day for Eric Rowe. And then Nick Needham scored himself a sack. Cravon LeBlanc had a couple of PBUs. And I want to finish up here with a player that takes us right into our matchup of the day. But before we do that, the player who was the unsung hero of the interception to end practice by Javon Holland, who had the two picks in three days and the fumble recovery, by the way, But Javaris Davis, the former Auburn Auburn cornerback in UDFA, really helped him get that pick today because he had blanket coverage on Jakeem Grant on a takeoff route where he really pinned him into the sideline to allow Javon to show the range and ability to high point the football for the takeaway to quote unquote win the game in the two minute scenario. Get the pick, get down, let the clock run out as you take a neon offense on the other side. And with that, let's get to the matchup of the day. Javon Holland versus Tua Tonga I'll never forget asking Xavier McKinney about practicing against Tua back in Alabama. I asked him this at the 2020 NFL Combine and how their relationship blossomed because of the talks they would have after practice, just kind of going over the day's work, certain plays, what each other's each other saw on a play-by-play basis, and with the goal of the quarterback, you know, so frequently to manipulate the post-player. I tried my best to scan the relationship between these two players on a handful of reps, and it sure was fun to watch. But just two extremely instinctive players who spend so much time with the X's and O's and trying to find advantages any way they can before they even hit the practice field. And both had some wins against each other, and it was going in Tua's favor early as he was really controlling the intermediate portion of the field, both down the middle and to the outside of the numbers. He had the quick rips to Waddle and Shaheen and Holland's on a couple of throws. But then Javon Holland really came to life in the two-minute period, showing more range than I've seen on the practice field from that position in a long time. And the way he got over the top on that rep, high points the football, I think you can just see why he was top five in the country in interceptions between 2018 and 2019 with nine picks in those two years at Oregon. Also not for nothing. The long completions have really tempered recently since the first week of camp and I think with a rookie signal caller in that position that shows you the growth that's a great sign to see. So today's top performers are Jalen Waddle, just the quickness and explosiveness that he continues to show. It pops every day. Savon Ahmed, the big run, he looks really fast out there. Christian Wilkins spent a lot of time in the backfield today. So did Emmanuel Ogbaugh with the pass rush and the run game. As did Zach Sealer. Those guys all get on top performers Eric Rowe was a beast in coverage. Jerome Baker had some sacks, or ASAC rather, and some coverage reps and wins. Jerome Johnson had a great rep on the goal line. Also some good reps with the third team there. Liam Eichenberg, some good blocks along with Austin Jackson and then Javon Holland too. So Waddle, Ahmed, Wilkins, Ogba, Seeler, Rowe, Baker, Johnson, Eikenberg, Jackson, Holland, Tungavailo was in there until the very last period when I had took him off there because we've given him a lot of praise on this podcast for a great camp so far. Let's get to two Twitter questions and start with this one. It's from Rob Hellebrand. He's at DolphanRob1 on Twitter. I was curious how Coach Flores conducts himself at practice with the players. Is he an old school yeller or the strong silent type or an active explainer and teacher it's a great question, Rob. And I actually was taking a look at the coaches working today and the individuals and fundamental drills because, I mean, how many times can I possibly report on how big Raekwon Davis looks or how flexible Emmanuel Ogba is? And the coaching staff, to me, is a reflection of Coach Flores. And what I mean by that is they are very, all very much hands-on teachers. I was watching Coach Campanelli work with the linebackers, for instance, and how they adjust to motion pre-snap, and he was out there really showing them rather than just telling them, you know what I mean? And the same with Austin Clark. He was literally working step-by-step with where the hands and the pass rush moves go with the certain guys on the bags like Butler and Sealer and Wilkins and Davis, all those guys. And you heard me talk about G.A., Gerald Alexander, and Charles Burks at length on this podcast. But today they were working on this communication of covering bunches and stacks and the natural rub routes we've talked about down in the red zone and who goes where with who at what certain look or certain route. Just the crispness of it all was really cool to watch and really quite pretty, honestly. I love watching the animated look of both GA and Coach Burks going through it all. And I tell you all this to say that guys work with more than just their position groups, and that's true of Flo as well. I mean, shoot, that's how he came up as a coach. Special teams, defense, scout, all of it. And I had noticed that he spends a lot of time recently with the quarterbacks this training camp. And to your point, your final point here, it's hard to get a read on. I've heard his voice get loud at times from the practice field, but I've also seen our social videos where he's out there messing around with Raekwon Davis saying, you know, I'm going to push your buttons as he kind of pokes at the mic under his chest plate on those mic'd up days. So to summarize, it's a collection of all of it. This stack does a great job of not pigeonholing itself in any way. Next question here from Sorty at Die. He wants a 53-man projection at the receiver position. Uh, And Sortie, I'm answering this because I want you to know that everybody who says they know is kind of full of it, frankly. It's so deep this year. Isaiah Ford signs late. He's come out here and just balled, which adds another factor to the equation. Jakeem Grant has always been a really good practice player, and this has been, for me, the best camp he's had that I've seen for the last three years. Robert Foster made a ton of plays early on. Matt Collins is having a tremendous camp. Alan Hearns is making plays. Lynn Bowden has a unique skill set that we saw as a rookie. Malcolm Perry, too and Kirk Merritt has played as well as anybody, regardless of position, then you obviously know about Fuller, Waddle, and Parker, and Albert Wilson looks like his old self to boot. This is all to say that it's kind of an impossible task to pick it. it. It really is. I mean, just for fun, the other night when I was off the clock, so to speak, I was kind of going through what I think it might look like right now across the roster, and I simply couldn't make a choice at receiver. Just couldn't do it. If I had to rank the camps from what I've seen, I'd say... Waddle, Wilson, Merritt, Grant, Ford, Hollins have made the most plays, I think. But you know what? I'm, I'll am i put it to you this way. I'd say at least 11 guys on the roster will take an NFL snap at some point this year, whether it's here or catching on with somebody else. Like It's crazy to say that. Every day, a handful of guys are just making plays. It's a great job from the front office and staff to go out and beef up this room after late in the year last year, injuries really took a toll on the position and challenged its depth. All right, that's going to be my time on this edition of the Drive Time Podcast presented by Auto Nation. But first, Let's do some programming notes here real quick. We have some schedule uh, changes next week. We'll be back with you again either tomorrow night or Tuesday morning for a new podcast. It'll be 10 takeaways from camp so far, the first 10 days of practice. It will also feature more of your Twitter questions as well as the media from the assistant coaches we have scheduled for Monday. Then it's wheels up to Chicago. The next pod after this assistant coaches takeaway slash mailbag pod will be covering the Wednesday practice in Chicago. Then we'll do it again Thursday day off on Friday. Then we'll have the post-game recap from Chicago on Saturday night for you guys. Fun times ahead. But in the meantime, you all please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Go ahead and follow me on Twitter. It's at NFL. You can follow the team at Miami Dolphins. Check out the Fish Tank Podcast with Seth and OJ. And of course, MiamiDolphins.com. And until next time...